I wanted to share with you something that God had awakened me at 2.30 in the morning to give me a word in a poem. So um, I pray that it will bless you. Um, I, I know that God is moving. He is on the move. And he's speaking and he's giving signs and wonders and dreams and poems. So I'm going to give you what he gave me. It's called Declaration of Love. May God richly bless us with wisdom and pause to remember Jesus, lover of our souls, our cause. May we live each day with open hearts to give and receive his love, inviting and igniting the Holy Spirit to rest upon us as a dove. Freely we have received, and so freely freely we speak life and love to the unsaved and lost. We were once wanderers until Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, paid the cost. His blood, his shed blood and broken body did he give. His word he left us with rich promises to live. Today is not promise, but his love and faithfulness are. Walk with him through each season. His ways are higher than what we can reason. Stay true to who God called us to be, sons and daughters of the Most High, a declaration of his mercy and grace for all to hear and see. Thank you for sharing. Beautiful. Amen. That's test, test, test. So if you get awoken at 2.30 in the morning, don't try to force yourself to go back to sleep. <laughs> the Lord might have something for you to bring. Because see, everything in our lives, a little bit of a ring, Ben. Everything, test, 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 one, two, three. Everything in our lives surely is personal, but it's always for something greater. When we come here together, God ministers to us, but then it's to take it out and pass it out to others and give it to others. I'm pretty excited. You know, I never know what's going to transpire when the Lord has me bring the word because I, I seldom bring the word anymore, <laughs> which is good. But uh, if you can turn to Luke uh, chapter 24, uh, I find it significant that all these times of purpose, Michael's here, uh, Lisa and David are here. Um, it's not by chance. We often think that we're planning our schedule and planning our calendar and we got ideas and then God just uh, moves things right where he wants them to be. And then he begins to accomplish the things that are important to him. And so Luke 24, just the chapter begins with Jesus has uh, sacrificed his life, laid his life down, died on the cross, buried in the grave. And in turn, Luke begins to talk about the resurrection and there are two men, two disciples, that have now left Jerusalem and are on their way to Emmaus. And they're both talking about what just happened. Yeah. Yeah. The person that they were aware of for at least three and a half years, who they recognized as the Son of God, was dead and in a grave. Amen? So in turn, as they're walking to Emmaus, it's about seven miles from Jerusalem, who, guess who catches up with them? <laughs> Jesus. 
And, of course, this person now has come alongside of them, and they have no idea who it is. And they're talking about what just transpired, the most probably one of the most uh, provoking days of their life. Their Savior is dead and in a grave. And so they're telling this person that just caught up with them the story. And they're looking at him like, you mean you, don't, you haven't heard about this yet? So, I'm going to start off with uh, verse 28. Then they drew near the village to which Emmaus, to which they were going. And he, Jesus, acted as if he would go further. But they urged him and insisted, saying to him, Remain with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he, Jesus, went in to to stay with them. And it occurred that as he reclined at the table with them, he took a loaf of bread, praised God, and gave thanks, and asked a blessing. And then he broke it and was giving it to them. When their eyes were opened, instantly, they clearly recognized Jesus, and he vanished. Purposed, I, I listened to these scriptures. I've started something new in my time of prayer. I often just read the word, but now I have on my phone. It's the word, but it's spoken. And so I can listen to it and read it at the same time. That part, he acted as if he would go on further. Now, if you look at verse 33, the two gentlemen that had woken up the next day after rising, the very hour they went back to Jerusalem, where they found the 11 apostles gathered towards those who were with them and said, The Lord really has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then themselves related in full what had happened on the road. And he, Jesus, was known and recognized by them in the breaking of bread. Now, while they were talking about this, Jesus himself took a stand among them and said to them, Peace. Peace be with you. But they were all startled and were terrified, and then they thought that they saw a spirit. I want to focus on the part that they thought he was going on further. Destination. This is the thing that I felt was so important because most of us, we've been aware of the Psalms 139, the book written concern our lives. But also watching our lives, the very things that have transpired and where we find ourselves. Back into that verse where it says, then they drew near to the village which they were going, and he acted as if he were going on further. Now surely he was to be going to that, whether it be the upper room, wherever the other disciples were waiting. But there was something that the two disciples recognized in his countenance. And this is what I felt was important for us. I'm looking at my life. Those men, when they recognized that it was Jesus, right? 
they realized before that there was something within him that was going beyond where they thought he was going, the destination, which was Emmaus. And I wonder in my own life, when you spend time with me and the things that transpire and all that we do, even Sean and different ones, I wonder, do you see in my life that I'm not just living for this present situation or the setting, but there's something within me that is looking for a further destination or something else that's transpiring? Obviously, family is important. Church is important. The ministry that I do. But is this my destination or is there more? And see, as I began to ponder the very things that God is awakening or making alive for us, just the atmosphere of where we are with the food bank and all the things that are transpiring. Jeanette had a a vision, if you will, or a dream while she's watching the Polar Express about the future of what God wants to do with this house. And so in turn, I felt that it was important to ask you, because for so many of us, marriage can be the destination. I'm sure Ben kind of is in that place. Longing for a wife. He's been meeting with uh, myself and with JC and different ones, wanting to be prepared. He's wanting the tools. He wants the things inside of his character in his life. That when God brings the girl, the one for him, that that same preparation that has been done in her has been done in him to where that union then isn't trying to figure it out and work it out. You're just walking together and then going on to the next destination. For so many of us, a career is the destination. We all spend more time at work than we do anywhere else. No matter what you're doing. No matter what you're doing. So as I pondered this, and they recognized, they could see that he was going further from where they thought he was going. There was something that they were compelled. So I guess the important part for us is that in our marriage, and that's what I felt that was really important during this time of communion for Lisa and Dave, do they see of where your marriage is is not the destination, but what God wants to use it as because the Lord began to speak to them. People came to Jesus. Jesus didn't have to really go to anyone. He was sent many times, but people sought him out. So when we're looking at this aspect of who he is inside of us and this place of destination or this journey where we're headed, because what's so wonderful is that we have the individual experience, because I truly believe that the hardest part for most Christians is to be able to express your sin. God forgives us, but we have a hard time forgetting. And I try to tell so many of the parents, because the parents often try to hide their failures from their children. But what's important is that for every one of us, People need to see our failures, but they also need to see the heart of repentance that then changes and restores and brings a marriage into wholeness. 
or brings our relationship into wholeness. Because this separation always separates us from him. So in turn, I was just so compelled because there's places that I go back to because we go over the scriptures and there's so many stories that we know. And I never really gave this much thought until the scripture, just that very simple sentence. They could see that he was going beyond from where they thought he was headed. So this place that in my life, when you're at the workplace, because trust me, finances are probably the most difficult thing in any of our lives. We're dependent upon our jobs. We rely upon our jobs to be our provision. God provides you the job, but he's still the provider for what he wants to bring into your life. The job is your place of ministry. So in turn, when you are at the workplace, are people recognizing that work isn't your whole life? Do they see that there's something more motivating, compelling you? I mean, Ben has just now changed jobs. And unfortunately, a good worker, a hard worker, right? A true servant, they take advantage of. When everybody calls in sick, who makes up for the difference? When somebody doesn't want to do a particular job of cleaning something, who makes up the difference? Who says, I'll do it? Then in turn, God then begins to bring a whole new setting for Ben. First day on the job, because Keith, you know, is the one that owns the Cravens up there. Ben's there. And remember Eric who came, Belinda's son? He and Ben started the same day up there. So Lisa, one of the managers, has been there almost the whole time that Keith has owned the business. She says, where did you get these guys? Where do these guys come from? And the older women that are working the cash registers keep asking them. Why is, why is Ben always smiling? Why is he, why is he happy? What's, what's wrong with him? See, there has to be something in our lives that people recognize is different. In the marriage, in the workplace, so many of us become enablers to the family. Oh, let me tell you, that's your place of ministry, Val. Because they all know Val by name, I'm sure. And everybody knows Val at Kmart. And everybody knows Val at Walmart. And everybody knows Val at Joann's. And on the bus. But see, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to go. Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 4. I was going to hold back, but I guess I'm going to just do it now. This is when uh, John and Peter, this is after Jesus had died, resurrected, seated at the right hand of the Father. John and Peter, of course, they're ministering into the streets of Jerusalem. And uh, the word gets out. So the Sanhedrin, all the high priests, they get them arrested. They bring them in. And they're going to silence them, right? Right? They're going to silence them. I just think this is so cool. Now this is chapter 4 of Acts, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness, saw this is the high priests. These are the elite. 
These are the rulers. These are the head elders. These are the ones that rule Jerusalem. Now when they saw the boldness and unfettered eloquence of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in schools, common men with no education advantages, listen to this, they marveled and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That's what they saw. That's what Lisa saw in Ben and Eric. Come on. So have you reached your destination? Is your home lukewarm? Do your children recognize that you've been with Jesus? Some days yes, some days maybe not so much. And see, that's what's changing right now in our lives. Surely we don't like to be interrupted at 2.30 of the morning in our sleep. Or maybe inconvenience to make an apple pie, right? Here we're serving yesterday. Ray comes in to do the food bank, and we're doing this whole luncheon, and Ray and Peggy and everybody starts pitching in. And every, you know, we got... It's just awesome, all the food and the things that are prepared and the movie. Ray comes into the movie and he's, you know, he's just undone. He's, he saw the old, um, what's the name of the movie? Polar Express. Polar Express, thank you. But he'd not seen the new one. So he wants a copy of it to be able to sit down and watch it with his grandchildren. But then Ray knew that we were having our leadership meeting this morning and he tried to get here early. But what did he do last night? Made an apple pie for us. See, he's been with Jesus. He's been spending time with Jesus. And Peggy made banana bread. Which happens to be one of my favorite. Anything baked out of an oven is my favorite. We had sugar cookies. Kathy made out how many dozen sugar cookies. I'm not sure how many I ate before they got into the Got off the foil into the into the dish, but I ate them. That's my favorite cookie. Anyway. <laughs> what can I say? I'm not complete yet. I'm not whole. I'm not perfect. Help me, Jesus. That's part of my that's part of my laundry coming out here. But it was something that I just want us all to because I this it struck me because I spend time with a lot of you. And I don't want ever in my life to reflect that this is a job. That this is something that I have to do. But I'm hoping that it compels you to move on from where you are because it's, it's my life. It's who I am. It's not what I do. And at that luncheon yesterday, it was amazing the people that have come through the school, even a grandfather who had to adopt or guardianship of his grandchild, he didn't adopt him. Because this opiate thing is just crazy and the grandparents are having to parent the children. But the grandfather came and, this, and his name is Joshua. It's just so awesome. So he's there at the table and I'm going over and hugging, whatever, and he says, you remember my name? You remember my name? 
but the father coming back to where life is. Joshua is now in the public school, but he asks his grandfather to come in back, come back so he can be with his kids, his friends. Wants to go to his classroom. Wants to have time with Miss Debbie. And see, that's where they recognize that your life is not just a marriage, an obligation. Church is not just an obligation and a commitment that I have to fulfill. Now that they see that there's this compelling substance that's inside of you that draws them to question, to see that there's something different about your life. And then it causes them to, hmm, wonder what that could be. Hmm. I mean, look at Jeffrey's life. Working at Price Chopper. They all know him. They all know he's a good church. Uh, Richard, who couldn't be here this morning, works at Kohl's. His whole lifestyle has changed. He's been coming here for about seven or eight years. The last year and a half, two years, he made a commitment that just altered everything in his life. Right? So he... I'm sorry, and his wife, which is really cool because they didn't have, well, we felt that it was important for Kathy to go over and see him. So I didn't think I knew Bonnie, right? So we go over, and who's in the kitchen but Bonnie? Of course, she's in a wheelchair. She's unable to walk. And so I'm saying, Bonnie? She says, Yeah. I know you, Lonnie. You were my mailman. Years ago. But Richard, once his life began to be really heart-centered, he went to this manager at Kohl's and said, I need to have Sundays off. Which he could have lost his job. This is before this big boom. This was almost a year ago before all this. He's had every Sunday son, every Sunday off since. And when I go in the store and I see him, they recognize that his destination is not Coles. He does, and he's loud. And he's loud. And he, when I go in there, pastor, <laughs> that's my pastor, that's my pastor. He, and, I, and I've known Richard for like thirty something years. I know Richard. Anyway. Can he help? Can he help? Can he help? Help setting up and cleaning up. Anyway, have you reached destination? Or is this just part of the journey? Because, you know, the word says they, they compelled him. They almost dragged him there to stay. And, of course, his compassion, he wanted to reveal himself. Right? And so it's interesting of breaking in bread of what's revealed. That's why these family dinners are last Sunday of the month. When you go to have a family dinner at at Christmas or whatever, there's a principle. They always question Jesus. Why do you, why do you eat with the harlots and the tax gatherers? Because mm-hmm. it's a principle of my life 
that as they break bread, I can access to them. And they just kind of like, hmm. They don't have their walls up. They're just having a relationship. They're just talking. And then Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the manna. I transform everything then it becomes alive inside of them through you. And so, anyway, I just felt because Christmas is a tough, tough time in many ways. It's a hard time for many people that have lost loved ones. It's a remembrance of places that there's alone, things like that. But also, man, we get caught up in the stuff. And then before you know it, we're into January 15th and it's cold outside. You're colder outside. And then you don't really want to get up on a Sunday morning. Well, it's, I haven't been there for a couple of weeks. Another week won't hurt, you know. And then, uh, well, it's been a couple of months. They won't miss me if I'm not there. So three months later, and then by the time June comes around, you start to come out of hibernation, and you try to show up on a friends and family, right? And sneak in like you've never been any, been away. <laughs> no, no, you can see that. But just as you approach these holiday settings, just be mindful of what you carry. See that ark in the Old Testament you used to carry the presence of God. And only the priests could go there once a year. Other than David, when you read the Psalms, I believe David just laid himself out before because he was, a, he was really the, the king and priest. He foreshadowed David, uh, Jesus because of his heart and his love for God. But when God no longer placed himself in a box. Jesus is now the ark of the presence of God. And who lives inside of you? Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. So wherever you go, wherever you break bread, there is the very presence of God that when you have these family meals, just sitting around the Christmas tree, See, the Spirit is always drawing. Born again or not, the Spirit man has been designed. It was created to be loved, to be a part. And you've heard the song there, looking for love in all the wrong places. Because the Spirit man, because of the fallen nature, but the Spirit man still longs for the love of God. We were created to love Him. So in turn, when you carry that, and you go around the Christmas tree, you may be just having a sugar cookie and a hot chocolate, right? What happens to those family members around you? Their spirit senses. Remember when Mary went to Elizabeth when she was pregnant with Jesus? And Elizabeth, right? Much, much older, pregnant. And what happened, the word says, as soon as Mary came into the contact of John in the womb, and the very presence of Jesus, it said, John was, he leaped and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what can happen around a Christmas tree? I'm serious. Can you imagine you carrying the presence of God? Because most of these settings, when we go into these holiday settings, people are pretty much putting everything on their sleeves. Either they got an attitude, 
right? They're going to cause trouble or they're desperate. And they're just going to come to you and you're going to say, what in the world are they telling me all their problems for? Because he lives inside of you. He's, they're really talking to him. Amen. So, we as a family, this building is just a building. This is not our final destination. Did you have fun decorating? Which part? Everybody. Oh, yeah. Kathy's, Kathy's out of control. But she loves it. Yes, sir. You what? Oh, you like those? <laughs> they are beautiful. They are. I may not have a big, tall Christmas tree, but I just bring little ones. Okay. I got a condolar tree, okay, a candy cane hanging on. I got me a little small optical tree, and I've got a cloth tree. I'll tell you what, I'll give Kenny one of my saws, and he can go cut down one of those trees on, on the distance property. Right on there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we wouldn't do that, would we? Anyway. <laughs> yes, sir. I saw a thing on Facebook today. Yeah. A picture of a Christmas tree, but it was set up on the wall up high, and there was a cat like this, and it said, not this year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're not going to be getting nose bulbs off that tree. That's awesome, Brian. That's awesome. Amen. Well, Father, our hearts are tended towards you. I thank you for Dave and Lisa for coming. Lord, continue to make yourself known. Continue to minister to the two of them. Let this love that you brought them into, Father, just increase and grow. Father, I ask you to bless Louie and the family. Lord, the seed. I ask you to bless Michael. Lord, that it's time to be special with his dad and with Dagmar. And Father, we just thank you. Lord, let us always be mindful that our lives are so purposed. We're just the instruments of your hand. And that, we, Father, we would have access to really be the love of who you are, Father. Not our love, but your love that would bring signs and wonders and greater works in people's lives. That they would have hope, purpose, and destiny. And, Lord, I'm just reminded, Lisa and Dave have a, how old is Andrew? Three months? Lord, we just bless the seed, little Andrew. She showed me a picture of little Andrew. And I believe that name is biblical. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we call Andrew into his destiny this morning. As Jesus, he was then uh, set aside, set apart on the eighth day, right? And it was prophesied of his destiny. Anna, who was a prophetess, right? And a prophet. So, Lord... We release Andrew today. Let this day, write it on your calendar. Let this day mark his destiny in you, Father, and your purposes and your plan for his life. In Jesus' name. Yes. I was reminded about how God has has shown me um, in my own mo- mother's life. You know, she has dementia, and at their at her age, they're not going to put her through the test to find out if it's dementia or Alzheimer's. So, but it doesn't matter in the in what I'm 
what I'm speaking, whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's. My, um, my brother was talking about eventually she'll get to a point where she doesn't even recognize us. So the time that we have now is precious time for memory making. And, um, and the, um, but what my brother doesn't realize, and I was able to speak to him, it doesn't matter whether her mind, whether her um, physical being it will recognize us. The spirit within will recognize and will recognize the spirit of Jesus. Don't forget your elderly people. Go to them and allow them to know the spirit of Jesus inside of you. Thank you. 